0: Metro' trust you' beautiful morning what's up and welcome back to nostalgia pod your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture my name is Patrick Sheehan and I'm here with my co-host Dave Martinson. Dave what do you think about that uh, Star Wars episode 8 trailer man
1: <laughs> well I've listened to a lot of people talk about it and read tweets and seen all the gifs but i haven't watched it yet because i ain't about those uh spoilers and misdirects so don't be knowing
0: yeah there's there's plenty of, of misdirects in there especially this at the ending I, i'm i i do not know how much you know about it and i don't think this will no, i know well i know what happens, basically <laughs> but basically yeah like at one point kylo's like reaching out and daisy Ridley's like i need someone to show me my place in all this and kylo's like reaching his hand out they're definitely not talking to each other at least that would be my, my, my prediction in this but it is a great trailer very excited for the movie i bet your ass will be talking about it and if you want to get our thoughts about star wars episode 8 subscribe and share us with friends so we can grow give us a rating and review on itunes go to soundcloud.com slash nostalgia pod Support the podcast, please. Hoodie Allen listens to the pod. You should, too. So tell your friends. I need a boogie with a hoodie to listen next, and then we'll be covering all our Yeah. <laughs> well Why don't we jump right into it? There's a lot of music that came out this weekend. We had Pink, Gucci Mane, King Cruel. Who else here? Liam Gallagher. Yeah, Liam Gallagher. It's interesting with the Gallagher brothers. Like, Who cares if they're not with Oasis?
1: Yeah, I know. I think the other one, uh, was it Noel? Noah? He's uh, yeah, Noel. dropping this year
0: as well. With the, with the high-flying birds, his band. But yeah, I mean, I think it might be a solo. Actually, oh, okay. But yeah, but who cares? Like, right. He's how old is he? He's like 45? Mm-hmm. Come on. You know, Jay-Z, I don't care about you when you're old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We picked out the three that we were probably most interested in, and we're going to be talking about Beck, Wu-Tang, and St. Vincent today. Well, uh, Maybe eventually we'll get to some of those other albums, but we wanted to go with some of the OGs who are still pumping out some solid music. And why don't we start with Beck. So, Morning Phase, Beck's Grammy Award winning, Album of the Year winning, most recent album came out 2014, I believe. Yeah,
1: and then it won the Grammys like about exactly a year later. Yeah. So like the 2015 Grammys was when he won.
0: All, all When he invited Kanye West up on stage with him when Kanye joked about going up. Yeah, you know, Beyonce, man, she got robbed. <laughs> No, I don't think she got robbed. It's funny that. No, I I don't I don't think so either. And she didn't she win last year, right? Lemonade won last year. No, fucking Adele won. Oh, that's right, Adele won. <laughs> Lame as fuck. <laughs> that's funny. Adele's Adele's such a goddamn powerhouse when it comes to the Grammys. Also, hot take: Adele is a singles artist. I'm just gonna leave that there. Yeah. Sure. I, I don't think her albums are that cohesive. No. But anyways, jumping back to back. Morning Phase is a very subdued small album very quiet a lot of acoustic which is interesting because back when he started out back in we broke out what 94 what kind of was this uh funny but like i don't know he was just very like outgoing very unique he had a crazy kind of sound and, and uh, songwriting style and then he went on to do all this other like stuff he created this band when he would perform they would have like choreographed dances and became very like glitzy and glammy and then would change to like more like classic rock sound so he really likes to experiment but morning phase was a very subdued album but the one that gained him probably the most critical attention here he is 2017 with colors and dave what were you what were your initial thoughts listening to this yeah so i didn't really know
1: what to expect because you know similar to what you were just saying i mean if you like, look up things about Beck. They don't really know how to classify his genre because right. he's been around and he's done so much. So he's like a multi instrumentalist. And I think that was that's what's you know so uh, great about Morning Phase is that like, he made every aspect of the album himself, right? Like he did all the production, right. all the instruments, and obviously the singing. So, you know, he's an incredibly talented guy. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know what to expect from the sound, but Colors, you know, 40 minutes and it was just really poppy, a lot of like like
0: really joyful, mm-hmm. lively
1: pop rock. And I thought it was, you know, it was a, it's a yep. nice, joyous listen. Yeah,
0: it's anchored by the singles that people have probably heard over the last two years. Dreams. And, uh, yeah. Wow, which wow was everywhere. It was, it was uh, in a commercial that I heard all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean that song. What I heard when I listened to the album, my ears popped. Like,
0: oh yeah, this is old,
1: isn't it? And, like, I'm not a Beck guy, but I'm like, I know this is old, and yeah, it's like, a, like the, almost a year and a half old. It was last summer.
0: So yep, he like was kind of yeah. And dreams came out two years. Oh wow! So he's he was literally like
1: pulling a Drake and putting Hotline Bling on the album to get those streams up.
0: Yeah, and the interesting thing is he not only put a a mix of dreams on there, but then he actually ended the album with dreams. Like, all right, (laughs) that's come on, that's you're a little too pro to do that in my opinion. Like, not necessary. I agree, but you know I agree with with your initial take with uh, you know being a very poppy album. You know, like songs like Seventh Heaven sound very like 80s-ish. Dear Life kind of had like this like older school pop vibe from like the 60s or 70s. Yeah, I mean, it's a really fun album and it's way more accessible than Morning Phase, which I mean, Morning Phase is really like you wake up, make a pot of coffee and like sit down, listen to it. This is like something you'd actually dance to and want to enjoy. Did you have a? Did you have any song off the album other than the singles that seemed to really like catch? Uh, I mean, not really. I but just flow together. I
1: think that's why nothing like besides the singles I'd recognize jumped
0: out. But I mean, I think it.
1: I didn't think there was much of a low point.
0: You know, I thought it yeah. moved
1: pretty moved pretty briskly and you know again like it's upbeat, so it's it's fun to listen to.
0: Yeah, Colors and Seventh Heaven the, were the first two songs were really really stood out to me. Also, shout out to his producer who we mentioned also produced the. Foo Fighters album. His name is Greg kirsten This was recorded at his uh, studio in LA, and he seems to be an up-and-coming uh, rock pop influence in, in producing. So someone will—I uh, have a feeling—we'll be talking a lot more about. But uh, I'd, I'd give this a solid B plus for a, an album, and Beck is just—he makes quality stuff all the time. So I mean it's very poppy but in terms of like the, the rock releases of the year this is probably towards the top right yeah i i think so i mean we're going to talk about saint vincent who i thought also had a really strong showing but yeah nice (laughs) sorry the the alarms behind me going crazy but uh i thought lcd sound system had a really strong one this year slow dive is someone i haven't listened to yet but i heard was pretty good white reaper as well you
1: like this more than foo fighters and killers which you kind of gave passing marks to
0: yeah i would say that this is up there along with like like bleachers and maybe even phoenix like phoenix's album is one i have to go back and listen to but i really enjoyed that one so yeah it's definitely up there it'll probably make yeah, it, de- de- it definitely belongs with Phoenix and uh, Bleachers and LCD in
1: terms of just like the dancier, more lively rock, which, yeah, you know, I mean, we've talked about rock a lot, but I think that's kind of a sound that's more appealing to more people. Whereas, you know, I mean, it's not Queens of Stone Age, you know, it's a little more accessible. Interesting trend. Yeah,
0: it's it's just more more enjoyable yeah. for sure. Why don't we jump to something? I'm gonna let you kind of take the lead on this. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Damn sure. Dropped there. Is this only their sixth studio album? Sixth or seventh? I've written it down.
1: Seventh album technically. The saga continues. Compilation album, not a studio album. So I guess you can factor that in when you're uh, grading right. the album. But yeah, the saga continues. It's their first album since. 2014 first dj mathematics album since 2013 and mathematics produced the whole thing did all the beats and you can kind of tell because the whole thing sounds the same and that's kind of just to jump in that's kind of my both i think a positive and a negative for me is that this sounds very old school new york and while we applaud guys like Joey mm-hmm. badass for being with having a throwback sound i think in the case of the wu-tang clan where you have all these guys coming together they're all in their 40s. It's not as interesting to hear them do the same thing they've always done, mm-hmm. even if they're doing it well still. What would you think of listening?
0: In listening, my initial thought was these guys are still really good at rapping. Um, right, like you know, technical like,
1: ability, bars,
0: you know, rhyming exactly. schemes, that kind of stuff. It, and, and I thought thought the beats sounded very classic, but kind of like you said, and, and we've, we've kind of talked about this, how does like a rapper keep his relevance? Like Jay-Z had a lot of misses, and then he... 444 comes out and he finally changed up what he's actually talking about and that it it was more fitting for where he was at and where he's actually what his experiences are and it feels more authentic and i think that's kind of the thing with wu-tang is that like you said these guys are kind of talking about the same thing they've always talked about and it just doesn't seem like that's probably where they're actually at in their lives and it's a little bit harder to really sink into it yeah enjoy.
1: i mean it's interesting because this year i saw wu-tang clan perform at governor's ball and then i saw ghostface killa do a solo set at a meadows and they're both awesome like these guys are still at the top of their game and seeing the whole wu-tang clan you know minus yeah. odb of course they're still you know killing it they're just, but but when you see them perform they're running off all their hits on 36 chambers and wu-tang forever albums that came out in 93 and 97 they might play one song off the solid continues mm-hmm. which is this new album so i don't think we need more of this this is this is kind of like this is an example of where i point to people like that discredit large parts of modern rap whether it's trappers or soundcloud rappers or even like someone like drake it's like oh there's no lyrics the bars don't matter i'm like bars aren't everything and i think an album like this public enemy number one great bars they're, they're there but it doesn't make me want to listen to it all the time
0: i actually i i listened to it right after i woke up in the morning and i was sitting i was like these, these guys still these songs sound really good but i just couldn't really care about what they were saying and it's kind of sad i think a part of that is that the wu-tang clan like overall solo and as a
1: group they have they have been just less relevant through the two, yeah. you know mid two thousands onwards, so I think it's a byproduct. Like I think Nas has an album coming out, and I think that'll be much more exciting than this. So I think I kind of have to factor in like like RZA. Like he's like the mastermind of Tang, and but he's done like lots of movie stuff, both acting and like pro- produ- producing. So like they really branched yeah. out, and you know Method Man is still like the best of the, best of the group, but he's also doing. Like, he's in the Deuce, killing it right now as one of the pimps. Like rapping is just one of the things they do now because right. they're all these successful OGs, you know. So I think if you're interested in Wu Tang, you know,
0: listen mm-hmm. to it. What would you like to hear Wu Tang do? Like, what would have been? You think a better move for them? See, yeah, like I
1: don't think they would collaborate with many people. I think like, listen to the album. They they, they keep it all in house, one producer, all their mm-hmm. all the members, and then they have like one or two some choruses from guests, right? And again, a right. compilation album. Maybe if it was a true studio album where they actually were all in, in in the lab actually cooking it up, maybe the, they would do something. So I, I do mm-hmm. want to give it a pass in that regard because I do think this is this kind of collection of songs they've all kind of just recorded and they wanted to put something out, which is funny because that's actually the word on what that Martin Screlly album that he bought was. Like RZA said, he never listened to Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, which is the album that Martin Screlly bought. So it sounds like some Wu-Tang affiliates basically cobbled up some old like studio recordings.
0: And sold him like a crap,
1: not authentic Wu Tang album. So I think that's great, cause you know, mm-hmm. fuck that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck Martin Screlly, for real.
1: He's still in jail, right? Yeah. Well, d- didn't he? something happen with his tribe recently? That was like good for the good for us, bad for him. I forgot what happened, but yeah, fuck him.
0: There was like a. I remember they were trying to find jurors, and one of the the jurors that they had to excuse came out, and they were like, well, why Why couldn't you stand on, on uh, the jury for that minute? They are just like, he disrespected yeah. the Wu-Tang. <laughs> like, that was his whole reason for not being yeah. able to have, have a fair trial. So it's fucking awesome. And, yeah, again, fuck Martin Scarelli. All right, so why don't we jump to St. Vincent here real quick. It's so funny because St. Vincent is someone that i remember like listening to after kid cuddy featured her on his what second album man the moon too that song is like make the black hole blacker i forgot what the name of the song is yeah
1: i'm not familiar i don't remember that song
0: but yeah so i after hearing the song and, and hearing the the girl's voice on i checked it out and it was from one of the early saint vincent albums but this uh, this mass Mass seduction. I want to say mass education every time, but Wait. it's mass seduction. Yeah, I, I, it isn't mass education, right? It's mass seduction. And that's actually one of the songs on there, but every time I see it, I want to say mass education. It's her fifth studio album. Annie Clark got a lot of love for her last album. She didn't win the award, but she got a lot of love for her last album. Self-titled. That was really like her coming out party album.
1: Welcome to the mainstream. Welcome to the media. All know who you are, and we'll write about you a lot now. Like that was her moment, which was what twenty fourteen, fifteen. Yeah,
0: so. and secretly, she's one of the most renowned guitarists now in rock music. Yeah, which interesting. is interesting because I feel like she, when when people talk about it, they think about John Frusciante, no, gets a lot of love, John Mayer, Jack White, like those kind of people. But Annie Clark, like secretly, just one of those most solid musicians, kind of like Beck. What did you think about this? I mean, have you ever listened to a St. Vincent album, album before? Generally, like, it's not like my style, but I did like jump around her mm-hmm.
1: the last album when it came out, just because I saw the buzz and I wanted to, you know, like see what was up. Like, it's like, oh, like an artist I'm not familiar with. You know, usually I, I know everyone who's on, on these lists, at least in some capacity. So I wanted to, you know, get familiar, stay woke. So yeah, so this album, I was actually kind of sure. interested in it just because I knew she had so much clout and I listened to it. And I think it, it's really, I think it kind of jumps all over the place in sound, at least towards the end, but not in a bad way. And I will say that uh, the song "Pills," which is I believe mm-hmm. the second track, that song fucking rocks. Like, that's that an excellent. You
0: track. wanna know who who produced that that song? Oh, the, the dude,
1: the rock shit, Jack Anson. Oh, 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 Jack. Yep.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> so it's basically uh, basically Gre- Greg Kirsten and Jack off producing like every big rock album this year it seems like (laughs) anyways yeah man pills is a great song i also think los Angeles and new york are really good those are two of the singles that she dropped i think los Angeles is really strong overall it's just the kind of album where like you said it kind of jumps around in sound throughout but it also felt a little bit more cohesive than something that is so all over the place i think that speaks to just how she's able to pull these different threads together and build songs with concepts that all kind of have like one theme this seemed to be also something that she drew from a lot of different experiences on you know doing a little background reading on it i guess she's like recorded some of the stuff like on her phone or like through text messages things like that so she's been like kind of working on this over the last three years to really pull it all together and kamasi washington is also on this along with jenny lewis so some good guests a solid album i'd probably give it probably around the same as Beck. i say that they're very similar i said that before but i just really think their work is quality
1: yeah for sure i mean you know i think we, we be a little more specific it's kind of like a like a pop
0: sound like i don't know glam rock yeah like
1: it's kind of like how like when you try and like put a genre on like father john misty you're, you're kind of just selling them short by trying to like explain it and i think that's kind of like, right vincent like when you listen to songs like savior and young lover and then they're so vastly different from mm-hmm. like pills at the top of the album, or even the singles like you mentioned. So definitely a diverse yeah. album. Yeah, I think yeah, glam is a I think a good way to put it. How would you
0: think of this compared to Lord? I immediately started thinking of Lord as ours. Interesting. Well, you know, I don't know how much Lord actually does does like sonically on her albums, yeah, which is agreed. why I probably give Saint Vincent a leg up in terms of like artistry. But I think melodrama is a much better album it's it's more cohesive as a concept and, and just overall like what she's trying to say but i mean just a better concept yeah oh i agree amy clark is just so talented it's interesting you said lord i had never even thought about that comparison well what what about it made like brought brought her to mind for you i guess maybe it was the jack antonoff in the back of my head uh, i don't know yeah <laughs> He's just inceptioning all of us. <laughs> so
1: we recommend all three albums depending on what your taste is, right? I think that's fair.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting. I wonder, uh, did you see if Gucci Mane was getting any love with uh, his album?
1: Yeah, so Mr. Davis, it's Gucci's, I think, 11th album. I jumped around listened to some of the features. I mean, there's some good stuff on there. Uh, Get the Bag with Migos came okay. out a while ago. That's a smash single for him. They got like 90 million views already on that one. I think the most interesting thing about this was leading up to it. Gucci did a 30-minute interview with Malcolm Gladwell. And it's all on Gucci's YouTube channel, and that's great. Gucci really? he's got out of jail. Sounds clear both in his music and in interviews. He's actually like really awa- self-aware and really woke. And I actually really enjoy listening to Gucci speak because I think he's really, you know, through his life experiences and finally, like getting out of jail and like turning his life around. He seems like a really uh, he's got a good perspective on rap games, So it's interesting to hear him talking. And- a guy like Malcolm Gladwell.
0: Gucci and Gladwell. Well, Gucci yeah. said that uh, Gladwell's fuck?
1: favorite author, and he read all of Gladwell's books when he was in, in, in jail. So ah. that's the
0: reason. But, uh, yeah. Those, those 10,000 hours, exactly.
1: man. <laughs> I mean, he wrote like 10,000 songs when he was in jail, <laughs> so I guess
0: I'm correlating. Oh, <laughs> well, interesting. I'll, actually, maybe, I'll, I might check that, that interview out. Why don't we jump, though, from... I guess one of the song titles on St. Vincent's album was New York, and then uh, a show that's supposed to be taking place in New York, Mr. Robot. So back for its third season, Sam Esmail's Baby gotten a lot of love. Critically, the first season did, second season, not as much. Starring Rami Malek, he's back playing Elliot, but also has uh, Christian Slater, Porsche Doubleday. Martin Wallstrom.
1: Who plays Darlene? Darlene is Carly yeah. Chaykin. Car- got Bobby Carly Cannavale. And BD, and BD Wong. Wong is actually a series regular this year. He's not a guest
0: actor. So he will be more, more White robe. That's excellent. So, I mean, this was a... a it's hard to, like, really describe Mr. Rose because, like, to summarize it all, you really need to be involved with the show, especially because I the second season was it was a bit bloated at points, and we talked about that. Check that out, soundcloud.com slash nostalgia pod. But, uh, I mean, basically, what, Elliot is main character. He's dealing with some sort of personality or mental health. Disorder, something along those lines, where he takes on the personality or the persona of right. his dad, kind of. It's like his, it's like his dad, but like more serious. And- well,
1: it, I'd say it's the motivations of his
0: dad. Has dad been alive? You know, you
1: learn what happens right. to his dad and it makes a little more sense there, and uh, his family in general. That's what that's the IMDb description of Mr. Robot. Anyone who watches the show obviously knows that it's, uh, it's really. Of course. I mean, there's a lot and more I think to it. This, you mentioned season two getting a, so season one smash hits like a show, right? And unlike a show like Westworld that's actually like deserved all the hype because it was really smart. And even if some of the twists were something we may have seen before in other other films, they were still executed so well and the show had so much style that it really stands out. Now season two, without really you know, getting into it, I think there was just mm-hmm. twists for having twist sakes, a little extra plot. Uh, not extra plot, extra extra characters, no real movement of the plot at all. The plot moved at such a glacial pace, and what you, we did spend time with regarding Elliot as being the sole, so focus of the show for most of the season, was ultimately, I think, to the show's detriment, even if I still f- found the show very compelling through two seasons. But I think that's, that's what I like about this premiere, is that it kind of resets the deck a little bit, and you can see that because a lot of it... Right supporting characters weren't in this yeah
0: and it jumps right into it i mean compared to the first four episodes of last season and this episode there was so much plot movement just within like first hour compared to what like four and a half and last, season. so well, just to kind of start off, and, and I guess we'll, we'll say spoilers just because I think it's hard to really talk about what, what's happening on the show without giving some sort of spoilers away. I mean, th- there's a lot of questions, I think, coming that we come away from this with. Basically, I think where I'm left most is, is this going to be a show that turns into something about like, supernatural or multiple timelines? Or, I don't think so. I don't know. When Portia Doubleday's Angela... Is talking to Elliot and is like, what if we could? What if I told you we could go back and change everything, even before like our parents? Like, what what did you make of that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I have no idea because Elliot's like, yeah, it's not possible. And
1: then you know she has a weird look in her eye. So yeah, I fuck if I know what that means. What happens in this premiere? Elliot r- closes the back door that they had set up for stage two of the assault on, on an even yeah or, or attempts to. And you know they might have undone it already. Again, like it's mm-hmm. kind of like resetting the stage a little bit they go to the coolest yeah, like, gamer geez, rave I mean, of all time personally like someone who's not a <laughs> hacker i thought that romantis hackers in like the worst light ever because like oh yeah like there's no power and everyone got worse since the 5-9 <laughs> hack and all the hackers are just fucking dicking around on in, in, in this rave place yep. don't give a fuck about anyone anyway. i was like yeah that's kind of like stereotypical like yeah it was strange which is interesting because mr robot has always portrayed hacking really like correctly like it doesn't have the rapid typing on the keyboard it's always been really uh
0: accurate and realistic
1: so i, know, I thought that was a great scene but I thought that was an interesting look for hack
0: yeah it also felt like they were just trying to make a, a really loud scene so that then elliot could do his like yeah aren't these the moments where you wish you could just like mute the world and like take the sound out like it almost was like they just set it up for something like that to really like use that effect in a way i don't know yeah and i guess just kind of going with it where it gets to kind of is you know that you find out that dark army basically china's like f society in a way is basically like on elliot's tail like knows like what's going on kind of the fbi is following darlene and they're basically just trying to figure out how to like Stop the five, whatever happened to the 5-9 hack. Like, go back. Elliot's feeling a lot of guilt from that. And then Angela, basically, we find out she's aware of Elliot's two personalities and is, like, the one managing him. And not only that, she's in the bag with the Dark Army. Right. Elliot's going to try to get a job at Evil Corp to fix things, which will be interesting as well. Almost like going inside. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to, like, really talk about the show, I feel like, because there's so many unknowns to it also we didn't even see dom in this episode like what's gonna happen with her yeah no dom no joanna
1: no philip price as well as some other small characters like trying to mobley and leon
0: oh i'm pretty sure Mo-
1: mobley's dead right no i mean they both all three of them were doing like working at walmart or whatever and i survived.
0: yeah but didn't joey badass show up at the end yeah but he's in like the dark army thing? Thing? oh so you think they're with them i, the I dark assume army?
1: unless he was helping them out i don't know like, I mean, do you think he just stab them? Interesting. I, I don't know. I think it'll come up at some point. But I mean, I like I like what they do with Angela in this premiere because it, it gave her a lot more agency and her motivations were kind of unclear in season two. It was kind of like like Philip Price was trying to work her and she kind of knew it, mm-hmm. and, but like we didn't know what Angela's game was, even though we knew she was like really smart and was kind of sick of doing trying to take down Evil Corp the you know right. correct way. So, but now she's with now she's with the Dark Army and she rebuffs Elliot's kiss. And she's not telling Elliot that his Mr. Robot persona is around, and I like that they're giving Angela her as a character more to
0: uh, more
1: to do. That's kind of about her, so that yeah, was cool.
0: A theme of this episode, even though Elliot is obviously the main character still, and a lot of it centers around how he deals with having this split personality. In a way, like you see Darlene like suffering with like. PTSD or like some sort of anxiety after effects like when she's at that rave and goes into the other room and just screams because she's feeling so nervous and seeing like other characters and how they're impacted but also like playing this different but important role within all of it is really interesting. White Rose is still probably the most intriguing character on the show just because you've seen him, her as a female as the secretary of whatever for Chinese government. Yeah, right. Right. So White
1: Rose, she's the leader right. of the Dark Army. Meanwhile, whatever her identity is publicly as the head of head of like he's like the head of the Chinese Federal Reserve whatever it is, in that role he works with Philip Price, the head of Evil Corp. So, I don't know what the fuck White Rose's uh, motivations are. Like what were they trying to do cuz playing both sides right now.
0: And it seemed to be kind of what he was explaining about how Edward Alderson Elliot's dad, Mister Robot, however you want to call him, kind of created this whole mess where then the Chinese government was able to swoop in and that kind of opened the back door for like the Dark Army with all of this. So it's kind of interesting to see how like there this like goes deeper than just. Elliot wanting to like fix society in a way, trying to pull in how his father actually kind of led him to this. It's pretty interesting. Do you have any? Do you have any predictions for this season at all? <laughs> yeah, this no, is a show that's almost that's impossible to predict. theory
1: culture. It's there's plenty of Reddit, Reddit Reddit's about Mister Robot. Don't get me wrong, but like it's not the main appeal. Mm-hmm. The only appeal of Westworld was trying to figure out what the fuck was going on.
0: Mister Robot. Right.
1: It's a show about the style. And, like, we're there for Sam Esmael's awesome world. Cyberpunk New York City. That's modern day. Like, it's, it's fucking cool. Of course, the, char- the characters yeah. are good. The writing's good. And, yeah, there was too many twists last yeah. season. It seems from all the advanced press I've read that this is a return to form. Awesome. So, you know, I, I, predictions? It's not even something I can worry about. Yeah,
0: I, I think one of the things also is just the cinematography of the show is still top notch and so unique. The way that Eshmael like minimizes your focus to like one quarter of the screen sometimes and then will also just like transition to other shots. Like that final shot where it's Angela and Mr. Robot on the bus after Angela gives that like sort of naive, sort of knowing monologue about things and you see the bus going, and like each light like, comes on as like, the power comes back on to New York, and it's almost like it's following Angela and Mr. Robot. It's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, then when Elliot's walking down the street delivering that
0: self-reflection model, yeah. all that
1: visual storytelling you're getting in the background about the state of the world, without lingering on it for a camera, mm-hmm. without any stupid exposition dialogue, you don't need any of that. We see it as Elliot's talking. So I thought, you know, as has is... Hands all over the show because he really controls everything about it. So, you know, someone like someone like No Hall, we talk about a lot, a rising TV tour for the post Golden Age peak TV era.
0: Definitely, definitely. Also, shout out to Daft Punk, Random Access Memories, Deep Cut, Touch, making it for the the end of the show. One of their like one of the songs off the album that I thought was really good at the time, but just obviously being EDM and also like an obscure daft punk song never really got any love, but Oh you mean that, that really overrated album that got way too many awards? That <laughs> album? Nah dude. That they, they just got lucky. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, is there any last thoughts on Mr. Robot or you wanna just wrap it up? Watch the show, please catch up. Watch the show.
1: I mean honestly if you start the show now, everything we just said won't make much sense and stick in your brain anyway. Still watch the show. <laughs> it's 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 superb yeah it's it's it has unique uh, style even if it has ups and had ups and downs last year it still stands Mm -hmm. out and the fact that USA lets Mm -hmm. a creator like Esmail just fucking cook you know make that play-doh work you know, it's it's awesome.
0: And it's such a different story than you usually get in TV, so it's it's worth the watch just for, like, the, the story and, and the concept alone. But we'll wrap it up there. Follow Dave at Martin Swagger. Follow myself, Ashton World Peace, and follow the show at Nostalgia Pod. Tweet at us with anything you want us to cover. Any feedback, we appreciate it. What do we got on the docket for next week, Dave? Oh, you going to listen to that Niall Horan solo album from One Direction? No. <laughs> 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 not gonna do that what else we got on the docket for next week yeah so no movies Rob stones album comes
1: out maybe i'll talk about that tv and uh, not really ready for that yet i think we're we'll, we can talk some industry okay sounds there's good plenty of stuff to talk about so stay tuned if you have something that comes up you can tweet at us obviously is let us know is the deuce almost up it's it gotta be on. there's two more episodes of the deuce okay Keep two weeks
0: i love the deuce deuce is great so yeah we'll be talking some industry stuff anything you want to talk about let us know until next week We love you. Peace out.